When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We don't get back to the beauty of the elegant design. Bound to see the dimming of the light. Bound to see the dimming of the light. That was a sample of Bruce Sedano's American Sunset. This is Pat Prince, editor of Goldmine Magazine. Welcome back to the Goldmine Podcast. Bruce Sedano is a singer-songwriter who has written music with the likes of Tommy James, Dolly Parton, Michael Jackson, just to name a few, and he has written hits with his wife, the late Donna Summer, mega hits, in fact, like Bad Girls, He has also put out a decent amount of solo work. His latest releases have been two this year, called Spirals. Uh, It was broken up into two volumes, released at different times during the year. The first release of Spirals, titled Volume 1, was subtitled Not a Straight Line to be Found. The other, the more recent, Volume 2, was subtitled Time and the Space in Between. Both are equally as good. His songwriting is more in the vein of Americana than, say, the dance music of Bad Girls. But in fact, Bad Girls was written on an acoustic guitar, and we'll sample his solo rendition of that song in the episode coming up. You'll be taken aback by the difference, believe me, but it's still got the New York City street smarts in its lyrics. So we'll be right back to talk with singer-songwriter Bruce Sudano right after this message from SingnessRadio.com. Hey, I'm Ronald Webb, and this is Patrick Prince. And together we host the Goldmine Radio Hour, the show that features the latest issue of Goldmine. The Music Collector's Magazine. Tune in Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on SingnessRadio.com. Hey, Bruce, how are you? It's Pat Prince. Hey, Pat, I'm well. How are you doing? I'm good. So let's let's talk a little about about the new album or new EP, Spiros Volume Two, um, Time and the Space in Between. Um, some yes, might not know that there was a Volume One, not a straight line to be found. Um, what is right. the? How do you describe the difference from Volume One, which was released earlier this year? Uh, well, 
the, uh, the difference is uh, c- kind of an evolution of uh, emotion. Whereas, you know, uh, not a straight line to be found was kind of like uh, the awareness of, you know, dead ends and, and, the, and the surprise uh, of life and uh, the twists and the turns that happen along the way that are, you know, aren't anticipated, so to speak. You know, it, it, it's uh, it's more of a reflective piece in that I'm I'm kind of sitting in a place of uh, I I think the line for me that best uh, uh, exemplifies uh, Volume One is dreams and memories colliding in midair. So I'm kind of there, sitting at a place, saying, "Okay, this is where, you know, the the road has led me," and I'm kind of looking over my shoulder as to where I've been, and I, at the same time, I'm looking forward to where I'm going. Mm. You know, and uh, and volume two is more about just occupying uh, the time as I move forward, and and so uh, it. it you know, it has songs, uh, and it has love songs uh, of uh, of a new relationship and commitment, and at the same time, you know, uh, uh, some songs with uh, a social bent that, that are very in and of the moment, mm-hmm. and then uh, you know, one that kind of like uh, looks at three. Um, phases of life and how each phase of life, you know, has its challenges to be dealt with. I don't know if that answers your question, yeah. but that's what I have to say. <laughs> Which kind of makes sense of why it was released as two EPs. Volume one had five songs. Volume two has seven songs instead of releasing it as yeah. just one album, right? Yeah, and and you know and and you know I, I I'm aware of uh, you know there there's a shift in in uh, you know consciousness in 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 my opinion anyway of how to approach things of where we're we're more in a time I, I think where you you need to you need a constant drip. Gotcha. And, and so you know uh, you know you put out an album and it's a lot of work and you have a lot of time and boom, it's out, and, you know, okay, now what? You know, so, so I, I mean, I was aware of that, and I think that, you know, that, that played a part in, in my decision-making as to why to do to do it as two EPs, uh, as well as separating the, the uh, consciousness of the records. Right. And the first volume, did you record it at different times, or was it all... Volume one and volume two recorded at the same time. Uh, they were recorded at different times, mm. uh, and 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 the funny thing, uh, well, not that it's funny, but but the <laughs> the, the maybe interesting thing is that um, volume one was all basically recorded at the same time. Mm. Volume two, uh, some of the songs on volume two were recorded before songs from volume one. Right, I noticed different <laughs> studios on on volume yeah. two. Volume two. Um, was um, you know you know when you make a record it's kind of a process and, and I, I've done it many times you know so with volume two you know with volume one I kind of exactly knew what was going to be on that record and what it was going to say and how it was going to go volume two was a bit of a mystery because there were a lot of songs in the offing of mm. what could go on volume two and it really wasn't until the last 
a couple of weeks, you know, before, like the week before I had to go to mastering that my manager, Cindy DeSilva came to me and said, you know, Bruce, there's that song, The Promise. You know, I, I really love that song. I would love for that song to be on the, this record. Uh, uh, but it was a song that I had uh, done, uh, you know, before uh, volume one. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like I could never get it right because, because uh, you know, I, I think it's a really good song. Uh, and and uh, uh, but but it's the kind of song that if you produce it in the wrong way, it just becomes sappy. Yeah. And I I, fe I felt like I wasn't able to find the right way to 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 get it, and so I just forgotten about it, you know. And and uh, so you know, she said to me, "Do me a favor, go in." You know, uh, Randy Ray Mitchell is basically I, I have two two. Two or three producers that, I, that I've worked with over the last, you know, five or six years, and that's Randy Ray Mitchell, uh, Steve Adabo, and uh, Mike Montali. So uh, Mike Montali had produced the original version of The Promise. So when Cindy said this, she said, "You know, you're working with Randy on some tracks. Why don't you go in with Randy, re-sing it, and let Randy mix it with you, mm. and let's see what we got." So I went in and did that. And everybody w was really happy with it. And, and uh, uh, so I was like, okay. So, you know, and, and right at that point, the color of the record started to change a little bit more because there were some other socially aware songs, mm -hmm. conscious songs that I, I, I thought were going to go on the record. Mm -hmm. And and with the promise going on, it kind of started to change the texture. And, and funnily enough... The, the day that Randy sent me uh, the mix, he sent along another song um, that he said, you know, you know, I, take a listen to this. I, I think this works well with the promise. And when I looked at it, I, di I didn't recognize the song. So I didn't even listen to it right at first because I thought, well, maybe he's sending me somebody else's song that, you know, I, I don't know. So it really wasn't until the next day I, I, I got up and I said, you know, let me listen to that song that Randy said. The song starts and it's vaguely familiar. Then the vocal comes in and I'm like, wait a minute, that's me. And so it, it turned out that the song was uh, It Don't Take Much, mm -hmm. which is on now on volume two. Right. And it was a song that I had done a, a few years ago that I had completely forgot about and, and really didn't even remember that I had done. And, you know, because I hadn't heard it in so long, I, I, and I was so surprised by it, and, and since I'm a big believer of, like, chemistry and when magic happens, I was like, wait a minute, this is all, this is like a little bit of magic that's happening here. So that's how the record kind of, in the, in the you know, 11th hour, took the shape that it took, and, and, you know, the picture became clear, and da-da. <laughs> yeah, it's a nice song. It reminds me of, uh, I don't know if you'll agree with this, but it has a sort of traveling Wilburys feel to it. No, exactly. You know, it exactly does. seem to some a full-time job to give you what you need 
To them it looks like your demands Are more than they should be I give you all I got I, You know, and again, I, I was really surprised by it because I had forgotten completely about it, you know, and... Uh, it was Randy Ray Mitchell, my producer, who, you know, I, I guess I had done it with him a few years ago, and he said, hey, what about this one? But it's interesting because so. it comes right after Keep Doing What You're Doing, which to me has a sort of 1970s Dylan-esque feel to it. So it's a little bit of, huh. I don't know if you, do you agree with that? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know, it's funny because I, I always... You know, I always say when people ask me, like, you doing what you're doing, I say, well, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I was channeling Bill Withers when, when, uh, when I was doing that because, you know, it kind of had a, a little bit of a ry- rhythm feel with the acoustic. And, uh, yeah. But, hey, I'll, I'll take, your, I'll take your, uh, your comparison all day. Yeah, because Dylan know? changed from <laughs> the 60s to the 70s, and I think yeah, it has yeah. – you also have – you emphasize um, – a world away from reality in the lyrics. It seems like this desire to escape from the evils of the outside world, even if it's for a short period of time. And that, that in itself is nice. people might not realize your first wife was Donna Summer and um, you know you it was kind of like a 
you know, power celebrity couple, which um, you wrote a lot of her. You, I mean, you wrote Bad Girls, didn't you? Yeah, co-wrote Bad Girls. Yeah. yeah. And someone listening to yeah. this album, listening to you for the first time, probably would not guess that you were behind the creation of a sort of a disco hit like Bad Girls in the late 70s, you know? I mean, it's yeah. it shows how well, ec- yeah. eclectic yeah. your songwriting is. Well, you know, when I when I uh, play live, um, I will do Bad Girls in my set. You know, Bad Girls was written on an acoustic guitar. Oh, I didn't know. You know, that. just the way I write any, I, just the way I write any of my songs. So when I perform it live, mm. it's it's absolutely the same song, mm. but you know the color of it changes, you know, uh, you know considerably j- j- because. It's just me and acoustic guitar doing it. You say I'm out on the street at night Picking up all kinds of strangers The price is right You can't score if your pocket's tight Do you want a good time? You ask yourself Back to the the new album or the Spiros Volume Two. Walking down the road to me is a standout. Sweet Savannah, she just turned seventeen. Boyfriend's moving to New York City, tearing up her dream. Don't know if she can take. Make it one more day But sooner or later we all find out Life can be that way Walking down the road We're all walking down the road 
walking down the road. It's a beautiful, beautiful song, but it's also about uncertainty, correct? Um, yes. You're walking yeah. down this road, and there may be beauty on both sides, yeah. but what lays up ahead? Yeah, right. You know that that you know, and that's the one that I was referring to when I said it. You know, it basically covers three generations because it. You know, the first verse is the 17 year old girl. Yeah. And the second verse is. Yeah, the young couple with with kids, yep. and then the third verse is you know the one whose kids are grown and the bills are almost all paid, and now what? You know, and it, it, we're all walking down this road dealing mm. with we don't know what, and and the challenges that every age group you know confronts. You know, yeah. uh, some some are obvious and some aren't. So uh, it kind of reminds yeah. you of Cat Stevens' father and son, where two related people are talking about, you know, the father's saying, I've been down that road. And yet the yeah, son is, yeah. doesn't understand it until he's actually right. walked it. So, um, right. Exactly. Yeah. And that's a great song. I love that song. By yeah. The way. Yeah. Now the one that, uh, I also really like is for the sake of humanity. And even American sunset points this out too, that, um, it's political, it's, you know, there are political opinions on, in the songs, but they're positive ones where you're saying, we need to get back to the center. And I believe yeah. that you're completely correct. It's a high wire act with no net for us all. And we live with the subtle fear of the trip and fall Into some place that we've never been before it's in the shadow Ooh. This storm broke That much is clear And the ugly truth is all too real People gotta come together Really need to come together Just like the inmates are running the asylum And they do things and they say you know, Everyone has their, I think the problem is is that we put each other in these little categories, either you're on the right or the left. And human being, human individualism right. doesn't work like that. Um, and the best place right. to be in a leadership is the center. Because you're... Right. Uh, you know, it's yeah. just gotten too extreme and now. That's where most, and, and that's where the majority of people are. Yeah. You know, you, you, you may lean right, you may lean left but the majority of people you know are closer to the center and you know we have much more in common exactly uh, and than, that's, than we don't you and know that's and, where and, what a leader needs to push that's what the exactly. leader needs to promote is that that we have in common not our differences and that's the way right. to survive exactly. and that's you know that's what's made america yes. great and we're just too exactly we're too separate right now. So I, I love that these, you know, the two songs I were, you know, mentioned. Um, I mean, American mm -hmm. Sunset is more like, 
you have for the sake of humanity, which is saying, you know, we got to do this or else it will talk, it will become the American sunset. So they, they're kind of connected. Right. There's a reckoning. It's been coming down the line. For believe in your own press. Bridal selfishness. Demons of deceit and denial The undivided truth Slipping through our hands Falling all in pieces on the floor If you're old enough to remember The incandescent sky You'll recognize the dimming of the light If we don't get back to the beauty of our elegant design Bound to die in the darkness Of a starless, soulless night American sunset Right, yeah, and, and I, I, I think that uh, you know, the, the conver- that for the sake of humanity is the next real conversation that, you know, we have to have as a country. Yeah. I mean, uh, th- this is, this is, you know, we're, you know, uh, American Sunset is kind of a warning that, yeah. hey, hey, look, look at what's going on here. You know, if we don't write our ship and, and for the sake of humanity is like, you know, it's, it's up to you and me. Well, let's get back. You know, let's have a conversation. Let's get back to the middle. You know, we can work it out. <laughs> I, I completely agree. Yeah, good. <laughs> and I think it's a good message yeah. for people to listen to both those songs, yeah. possibly together. I wish they were. I wish they appeared back to back almost on on the. Uh, and it's it's interesting because I, I I went back and forth with that. I I even did a version of the sequence with them back to back. And ultimately, it was decided by my manager and my publisher, who basically said to me, Bruce, you should break them up, because uh, back-to-back, it's just a little bit too heavy. Mm. So I went, okay. I mean, you know, I mean, there is no right and wrong in these things, I guess. So, so, uh, um, (laughs) you you know, uh, uh, so I, I I went with that. I'm like, okay. You know, so uh, oh, plus someone could take the CD but, and put it digital and do their own little. They could put it back to back on their um, hey, iPhone. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Sequence it how you like, right? Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about your past, though. A lot of people might not know. You know, you're you were born in Brooklyn, and yeah. then you learned your craft in the New York City nightclubs in the '60s. So you witnessed a lot of that. God, where a lot of the classic rock, folk, blues, where a lot of that originated, that developed, you know, I mean, Dylan was touring there in the early 60s, and Tommy James became sort of a mentor for you, right? Yep, uh, he did. I um, met Tommy in 1968. My band, uh, Alive and Kicking, was uh, the house band at a, a club called the Cheetah, uh, which was in Manhattan, and it was on uh, 52nd Street between 8th and 9th Avenue. Mm. Tommy lived uh, you know, like right around the corner. Mm. So um, he saw the band, 
and liked the band. And, and uh, so I literally, you know, I was still in my teens. I, li- I literally would like on breaks, you know, because I was, we were, we were the house band. We were basically playing there six nights a week uh, for months at a time. And, and uh, so on breaks in between sets, I would go to Tommy's apartment around the corner, you know, try to write songs with him. Mm. So uh, fortunately, and then he started taking, you know, taking me into the studio uh, because where he recorded was not far from there. And, you know, back in those days, this is 1968, uh, you know, it, you couldn't just get into a studio to record. It's like when I was writing songs that, you know, in my teens, I memorized songs by playing them over and over and over again. I had nothing to record them on. Right. So when I wrote a song, I, I, I you know, I, you know, I, you know, I, I lived in the basement of my parents' house and I, 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 my, my parents would like stomp on the floor and say, why do you keep playing that song over and over again? I was like, <laughs> The only way I can remember it, right. you know. So, uh, so when I got to go in the recording studio, it was a big deal, and and Tommy was just gracious, you know, and you know, and he was he was at the peak of his career right at that time with with uh, you know Moni Moni and and uh, Crystal Blue Persuasion and Crimson and Clover, and I think we're. All, I mean, he he was he was the man then, you know, yeah. and uh, so I got to be in the studio with him and backgrounds on some things and then ultimately co-wrote a song for him called Ball of Fire and and, uh, and then ultimately he produced my band Alive and Kicking and, and we had a hit so uh, which which songs did you get to, to sing on of any of his hits yeah I, you know I I, I I think I sang on Crimson and Clover yeah. I'm not sure yeah. I don't I, I don't honestly don't remember what songs they were but, but uh, um, I think there was a song called Sweet Cherry Wine mm. uh, you know I, I, don't, I don't you know I honestly don't remember but but uh, but I was there yeah. <laughs> do you do you, um, and, you know, go ahead I'm sorry no I was just saying and Tommy and I are still friends to this day so yeah. uh, do you ever think of writing songs with them again that would be interesting uh, you know, um, haven't, uh, I, I did a show in, in New York about a year ago at, um, the cutting room, uh, this is this, uh, room in New York called the cutting room and, and, uh, Tommy came and, and, uh, I hadn't seen him in a while. You know, we talked about, we have to get together and, uh, but we just haven't done it yet. So, uh, cause basically I live in Los Angeles and in Milan Mm. And he he's uh, and he's in Jersey, so so uh, we haven't really been able to hook it up. But I would love to. I mean, it oh would yeah, be fun. that would be a, uh, everything would be a, sort of a complete circle, right? I mean, starting it would be out a full with... circle thing. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe I maybe that's something I, I I try to make happen for for the future. Yeah, I hope I planted a seed. Um. <laughs> yes, I think you did. <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting now if you look at New York. Okay, you're from Brooklyn and you had this scene in the village and you know on the west side and now it seems mm-hmm. New York City even the village has become I don't know, if, you know, they use the word gentrified, but it seems like Brooklyn's the place to be. <laughs> Not the yeah, village. Yeah, well, no, it, 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 it's, it's true. Brooklyn is, uh, you know, Brooklyn is, well, you know, there's a song on <laughs> volume one, 
which is called Back in the Neighborhood. Right. And uh, Back in the Neighborhood is basically a song about gentrification of Brooklyn. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, so, uh, so, yeah. But, yeah, Brooklyn is, uh, you know, I love Brooklyn. You know, I, uh, I have a whole theory about, you know, how different places have different spirits. Right. And, and uh, you know, Brooklyn has the spirit of the dreamer. You know, and, uh, I, you know, I always say that in Brooklyn, you know, you could be, you know, a plumber could be living next door to a neuroscientist. Yeah. You know, and on the other side, you know, I mean, it, it's just such a melting pot of all different kinds of people from all different walks of life. You so, know, the thing for me was that, you know, it was a place to dream from because, you know, right across that bridge was Manhattan and that was the place where you can make anything happen. You know, I, I even have one of my daughter's name is Brooklyn. I didn't know yeah, if you know yeah. that, but, but, uh, well, I mean, Walt Whitman so was I'm, from I'm Brooklyn. A big Brooklyn fan. Walt Whitman was from Brooklyn. He's, he's about as sure. poetic of a dreamer as you probably could ever get. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's for sure. So, so so what what is next? You got you got these two albums out. Of course, there's the pandemic going, so it's hard to, to yeah. tour. Um, but you could be writing new songs and um, thinking about volume one and two for the next album uh, for twenty twenty one. I I most certainly am writing new songs. I've actually already started recording some new songs. You know, I, I've done a bunch of uh, uh, online shows for different yeah. things. Uh, I, I'm doing uh, a set on uh, election night for iVoted.com. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm doing things like that. And and I also uh, uh, like to, uh, with each record, I do a few different videos. So, so you know, the, and... Uh, uh, the, you know, there's the video for uh, Keep Doing What You're Doing for this record and American Sunset. Um, uh, I'm working with uh, a Norwegian filmmaker right now um, uh, on a video for uh, The Promise. Mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, I'm working on another video with, with uh, the animator who did the video for uh, uh, Keep Doing What You're Doing for It Don't Take Much. Uh, that keeps me busy, and, and uh, I enjoy uh, working with filmmakers uh, to help bring the song uh, songs to life. And, and uh, some are, some you know are tongue in cheek, and and some are more dramatic. But uh, it's fun, and, and uh, um, so. You know, I'm keeping myself busy, and I look forward to the time when we can get back out on the road again and uh, play shows because uh, I miss it. You know, I've, I've been playing live my whole life, and, and uh, you know, last year, uh, my, my last tour was a, a U.K. tour uh, opening uh, for Colin Blundstone. Uh, oh. from the Zombies uh, and a whole U.K. tour, and we had a, we had a a great time and it was a great tour and, and uh he's a great guy uh, Colin, I, yeah. i've interviewed him Colin a is, times. Is, uh, yeah he's a great guy colin he's a he's a sweetheart yeah and uh and well, super talented and a great voice 
I think you hit on something, though, with the, as you point out, the drip, drip of material being released because um, even Kevin Godley from 10CC is releasing in his new album, he releases, I think it's a song a week digitally, and then later he releases mm-hmm. a CD of it. And I think that it's mm-hmm. neat to get keep the people, their attention span on you. Um, yes. It's almost like yes. what, the 60s where you had to release two or three albums a year <laughs> or release singles. Yeah, you know, and, <laughs> And it was all singles, exactly. Yeah. You know, I'm 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 pondering. You know, I haven't done any vinyl for uh, either of the Spirals records. Yeah. Yet, but I'm um, I'm contemplating doing uh, a vinyl. Uh, you know, of volume one on one side and volume two. On yeah. The, on, the, uh, on the other side. And I like and, uh, and I so like the I... the artwork that you've been getting for your CDs, and somehow if yeah. you can incorporate that. Um, yes. onto the vinyl or with the vinyl packaging, I think that would be very cool. Yes, yeah. The artist is uh, he's a, a very uh, well-known Irish artist. Mm. His name is uh, Patrick Timoney, mm. and, and uh, uh, he's a he's a friend of mine. Uh, I you know my my new wife is uh, an art gallerist. She has yes. a, a gallery in Milan and, and a gallery in New York. And uh, represents a number of you know international artists, right. and uh, so I, I've been you know having my foot in this art world uh, a little bit, and I've gotten to meet quite a few artists. And uh, Kadrig and I just really hit it off, and uh, you know he kind of be- became somebody who like every time I did a show would show up my shows, and and, and uh, so when it you know, when, when I had the concept for Spirals 1 and 2, I, I went to him and I said, you know, would you create something for this? Or do you have anything that yeah. would be appropriate? And, and uh, so, yeah, he delivered, uh, he, he delivered the covers. And, and, yeah. Uh, packaging yeah, packaging cool. and art is in again, which I, you know, obviously Goldmine readers love. Yes. <laughs> so yes. so yes, I hope so. Exactly. Yeah, keep uh, keep us informed about that, and thanks, Bruce, for taking the time. Well, same to you, Pat. I, I appreciate it, and um, look forward to meeting you one of these days. And in the meantime, stay well, and and uh, let's see what happens. Yes. <laughs> thanks so much, Bruce. It was well, a pleasure man. talking to you, man. Same here. Hope we do it again sometime. Yes. Thanks, thanks man. Bye. Thanks, Bruce. It was great talking with you, listeners. Don't forget to pick up. Spirals, Volume 1 and 2, the latest subtitle, Time and the Space in Between. We sampled plenty of songs so you could know what to expect. Good quality songwriting from Bruce Sedano. Okay, hope you come back to the Goldmine Podcast. This is Pat Prince, editor. We'll see you for now. Don't forget to go to goldminemag.com to get exclusive content, and you'll find out how to get a percentage off the subscription price. Also, don't forget to look on the newsstand for Goldmine in Print at Barnes & Noble and Books A Million Select Stores. Okay, thank you. Catch you next time on the Goldmine Podcast, a proud member of Pantheon Podcast. Bye now. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.